participate in that. Um, we'd sure like to, like to have you be uh, a part of that. Well, this morning, um, as we continue in our series uh, on what's on the pastor's iPod, um, today I want to play a song for you by a group that I'm going to guess you probably have heard of. Um, anybody ever heard of the Beatles? Um, just seriously, is there anybody here that was really a part of Beatlemania? And you just were like, oh, Paul, George, Ringo, oh. Okay, I just, just check. Or John, can't forget John. Um, but uh, I want to play a song by the Beatles uh, today. The words are there, and then uh, we'll figure out how in the world this has to do with anything. But uh, we'll talk about it in just a minute. Let's listen to the song. Words are on the back of your uh, notes. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday, suddenly. I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over. minutes long. Do you know that? They don't write songs that short um, anymore. But this morning I want to talk with us about, and I want us to examine the idea of what it means for you and I to have a human soul. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it talks about how God created us as human beings, and it says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, I want to take a look and challenge the idea of what it means to be human. Because a lot of times, have you heard this before? When, you, when somebody makes a mistake or they blow it, what do they say? I can't help it. I'm only human. But in Genesis, I think we see a different understanding of what it means to be human. God created human beings, us, 
in his image. And through the creation process here, uh, that you, and you look in Genesis, you'll see um, Jewish scholars, when they look at the creation story, they see a progression that happens through creation. There's really wide, big concepts move down towards very specific concepts. So at the beginning, you have light and darkness and the firmament, and you've got the land and the water, and then things begin to get a little more put together. You've got plants, and you have animals, you've got birds, you've got fish, all the way down to God created man, and then he created woman. Things became more better. So, ladies, I'm just saying. It gets better as you go. For those of you who kind of have a difficulty understanding this, teenagers, let me help you understand this. Okay? Play-Doh, Tinker Toys, Xbox. Okay? There's a progression here. And when God created Adam and Eve, he created them perfectly. They found their identity in their creator. They found their identity in who created them. In Genesis chapter 1, God created human beings. Being human is who God originally created us to be. But what happened along the way, and we see it happen with Adam and Eve, they began to take their eyes off of who their creator is and was. They took their identity off of that, and they began to put it on something else. And thus, the result of what happened with the fall in the garden, when Eve ate the whatever it was, whatever fruit, I think it was an avocado because that would tempt me more than an apple. But, um, but whatever it was, Eve ate first, then the man ate. Um, and I just want to say this to all the men out there, okay, that say, well, it was the woman's fault she did it first. Dude, it took a talking snake to talk her into eating it. All it took for you was just a woman. So, you know, before you get all high and mighty on that, okay. However, in Genesis chapter 1, our value and our worth comes because God created us. And they began to take their eyes off and put their eyes on something else. And not only do I think that Adam and Eve happened, I think that Adam and Eve happens still today. We tend to look for our identity in something else. God created, uh, our value comes from the fact that God created us and we matter. I'll make sure that we get all of your um, notes in there, okay? And I think in, uh, I want to look at the difference between men and women a little bit. We kind of talked about that. But whereas different genders, we tend to get our identity other than God. I think with men, we tend to get our identity by what we do. If you go to a party and you're meeting somebody for the first time, what's one of the first questions you ask them? Hi, my name is Jeff. What do you do? It, it, it becomes an integral part of our identity as men. We 
if we're not doing something, that's why I think it's so difficult. And in times like these, when unemployment is so high, when people are having a difficult finding jobs, and then at this time, we typically see suicide rates increase, we see depression increase, because men get their identity by what they do. And I would say women, and again, I'm speaking in generalities here, okay? This is this is kind of a broad brush I'm painting with, but women typically look for their identity based on a man. Not by what they do, but a lot of women get their identity is wrapped up in men, or in pleasing men, or in being attractive, or in, in those things. Typically, not always, that, um, that they're, that's where women find their identity. Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Will they like me? Will they not? Typically, that's where um, I think we find our identity. But when we begin to focus on anything else other than Christ as, the, as what our identity is or where we find our identity, the image gets messed up and marred. God originally created us in his image. And I think in his image means that we look to him. But when we begin to look at other things, we've blown it. But I want you to know that Christ came to change that, to put the order back to where it belongs. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Who are you? You are a child of God. Your identity is found in him. You see that when we're in Christ, our identity has shifted and it has changed. We are not who we were. We have become something new. You get that? We've become something new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. When we are saved, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we don't trade in a life for a different, for, for kind of a patched up, fixed one. You become a new person in Christ. The old one is gone, and you receive a new life. We're remade, renewed, regenerated, and reborn. As a matter of fact, a lot of times in the New Testament, we refer to ourselves as saints. And yet a lot of times I hear in the church, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. The sinner's gone, dude. That is not the identity. You are a saint. You have been remade, reborn, renewed, made into something completely and totally different. God didn't take your life and patch it up and sew it back together again. He gave you a new life. Something totally new. I think sometimes we focus so much on the things in our past as opposed to where we're headed in the future. 
Now, that's not to say that we don't learn from the past. And that's not to say that, that we don't need to keep our eyes, uh, we need to look a little bit backwards so that we know where we came from. But I want to show you something, that, because I think what happens with some of this is we kind of get into this shame-based theology that can happen when we continually view ourselves as sinners. If you continually think of yourself as a sinner, what do you think you're likely to do? But that is not who we were, especially, come on, holiness people. We, I mean, we believe this, don't we? We believe that we have been changed. We are not who we were. We are a new person in Christ. The old person is dead. Much of our teaching in the church, I think, has been telling people what to do and what not to do. We ought to spend less time telling people what to do and more time telling people who they are. We don't need to focus so much on what not to do and what we should and shouldn't do. We need to focus on who we are in Christ. How often do we hear that? We hear a lot about, well, you shouldn't do this. You know, you shouldn't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with girls who do. I mean, I mean, that's, you know, and that's, that's great, and I, and I get that and all, but you know what? If you live in this kind of an idea of life that I have to do more, I have to be more, if I don't do this and do this and 